Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Today is Vision Builders Sunday, and uh, just to e- echo uh, Dr. Matt, we, we have what we have because of Vision Builders. We have what we have because of Vision Builders. I remember when I was first introducing Vision Builders, I had a very, very beautiful businessman from the business world, really wanted to help this, you know, kind of this young pastor from Australia who probably didn't really understand America. And he told me about another big church in San Diego, what they were doing. And then we're doing Vision Builders, they were doing this auction. And he said, you know, Pastor, have you thought of doing an auction? He said, you know, this other big church, they had, you know, a couple of thousand people turn out and, and uh, you know, they had, they've got football players or, or former football players, NFL and former baseball stars and, you know, other Christian celebrities donated gloves and bats and helmets and shoes and cleats and all kinds of stuff and signed baseballs and, and they had an auction. And he says, and they raised about $100,000 in this auction. And uh, I just want you to understand that I was very, very, you know, gracious. But I said, man, I tell you, you know, if we only have, if we get $100,000, you know, I I think I'm going to resign because I'm the wrong person. We had, uh, I think we had less than 30 people at that first Vision Builders, but we raised almost $290,000 because, and let me just tell you why. Because when you go to an auction and you bid overpriced for something that sits on your shelf, that's it. That's the end of the transaction. It's the end of the transaction. When, when, when you give to the kingdom, you give into an eternal, you give to an eternal mission and assignment that keeps paying. It keeps flowing back. It keeps flowing back to you. So in this house, many of you, just as a kind of a pre-warning to this message, will find yourselves getting a little bit tweaked and a little bit triggered. And it's because I'm about to talk about money. And the reason that money tweaks and triggers people more than anything else is Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your... And so nothing will touch the heart like when a pastor or a preacher talks about money. And so why would we then do it? Like most pastors that I know avoid that. And they, they, you know, they, they, they think that they're awesome because they avoid anything controversial. Uh, why, 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 why would you do that? Well, the reason I do that is because there are two streams of thought when it comes from money. There's the worldly stream and then there's the heavenly stream. And if you listen to the morons at the World Economic Forum... And that's a kind word. That's a very, very benevolent word. I had to kind of pause. No, don't use that word. Don't use that word. Don't use that word. Moron is probably the only fitting word. Um, that they, 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 billionaires like Bill Gates believe that through vaccinations, we need to decrease the population. We need to decrease the population because there's not enough to go around. Well, why don't you start sharing? 
oh, I get it. Oh, there's plenty, but you just don't want to share. So, so these people will t- try to tell you there's not enough resources. The world is in lack. The world doesn't have enough. We, we just don't have enough. The problem with the world isn't the stuff. The problem with the world is the people. We've got to just get rid of le- the people. We've got to have less people. So let me just say this, and just in case you're, you're a, a Dav, Davos aficionado, I would totally buy in to, to the claptrap that they're selling if they had one model of proof. Right, right. No, no, show me, Mr. Klaus Schwab, show me, Bill Gates, where you went into this broke down, beat down city and transformed it. And people aren't poor and people aren't struggling and people aren't over come with addictions and hopelessness and homelessness and sewers. Show me, show me where your policies, San Francisco. Show me where your policies, Los Angeles. Show me where your policies, Portland, Oregon. Show me where your policies are work. Oh, you want me to buy into your, what? So let me just tell you this, in, in this house, I'm gonna teach you what the Bible says. Because when I got saved, I was disowned by my father because I was leaving engineering mechanical engineering, every German, the dream comes true when, when their son is going to be a mechanical engineer. Say, so love engineering precision. So engineer, Saudi, the Porsche, the Mercedes, the BMW. Ach du lieber, he's a, and so when I left engineering to go to Bible school, he flipped his lid. I'm telling you, he was throwing stuff around the house and why do you want to be a priest? I'm like, dad, I'm not going to be a priest. I'm marrying Leanne. I'm going to be a pastor. What's the difference? It doesn't matter. And so, so he, he disowned me. He said, not one cent, not one cent will you get of support. And to his credit, not one cent of support did I get. So now I'm leaving, I'm driving off to Bible college, just got my last paycheck the week before, and I'm like, oh dear goodness, what have I done? Cut off by my, my, uh, my father, going off to Bible college, no, no guarantees, no certainty, what have I just done? And all I knew was I'd stepped out with God, either I was gonna find out that God isn't real, and this was written by men, or I was gonna discover that God is real, and this was written by God through men, through men. So if you'll lean in for the next 17 minutes, I'm gonna teach you some things because it's very, very important. How many people know that you can't enter the kingdom unless you repent? Did you know that? The Bible says, repent of your sin and then you can come into the kingdom. The word repent comes from a a Greek word, metanoia, a meta death change where we get metamorphosis. The the death of one line, the awakening of a new line. Uh, Noia thinking. So it's, it's, it's to change the way you think. All of us, when we come into the house, are already pre-programmed by the education system of this world. The education system of this world is largely not built on the principles of God, but the principles of men. It's not pr- built on the principles of abundance, but on the principles of poverty, on the principles of lack. 
it's on the it's on the strength of man on the hand of man it has a spirit of unbelief that un, uh, undergirds it whereas when you come into the house this will begin to teach you the principles of finance according to the kingdom of God it'll put faith in you and it'll put strength in you so let me just say say all of this we're going to go to first uh, Samuel chapter 17 uh, sorry first Kings chapter 17 we're going to read a story I'm going to abbreviate it for time's sake because in the in the uh, nine I had three points but I didn't get through three points. So I'm going to give you the three points now. The title of this message is The Power of a Vision Builder. The, uh, the Power of a Vision Builder. The first one is they put heart over convenience. Point number two is they enact the law of reciprocity. And number three, they master the spirit of mammon. They master the spirit of mammon. Uh, how many people have noticed that there's, there's resources in the earth? Anybody ever notice that? The Bible says in the book of Genesis that uh, God gave Adam a mission to fill the earth, to fill the earth, to, to be fruitful and multiply. But when, when they tell you that the earth is overpopulated, all you got to do is get up in a plane and as you fly, you're like, overpopulated? I haven't seen a house or a street or anything. As you, It's all a lie. It's all a lie to facilitate their greed and their wicked agenda. The earth isn't overpopulated. God says, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, exercise dominion, fish of the sea, birds of the air, beasts of the field. So God gave Adam a global assignment. But then God puts Adam in a garden. Because if you can't look after your, a garden, you're not going to be any good out there. So I need to teach you. I need to teach you in this environment. That's why Jesus always tests us with responsibility before he trusts us with authority. He always tests us with responsibility. That that. Just be faithful somewhere. If you can be faithful in what is least, you'll be faithful with much. If you're unfaithful with what is least, I ain't going to give you much because we've got to get this thing right down here. That's how the kingdom works. So the Bible says that God gives Adam a vision for the world, for, for, for the globe, but he puts him in a garden. Now the Bible says that a, a river flowed out of the garden and parted and became four river heads. So if you're going to leave the garden, if, if, if your job is to, to take the garden and increase it through the world, well, a garden has to have water. So Adam would know that the way that I'm going to do this, I'll just follow the river. Well, the very, very first bend in the river is, becomes the, the river Pishon. And the Bible says, and in Pishon, huh, it says there was gold in Pishon. It's skirt of the land of Havilah, where the gold is the finest gold. So at the very, very first junction in the river, there's gold. I want you to understand the gold was not put there for the wicked. It wasn't put there for greedy, corrupted politicians. It wasn't put there for the Gates. It wasn't put there for the Schwabs. It wasn't put there for the ungodly. It was put there for the righteous. It was put there for the righteous. So when, 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 when we do Pathfinders, the reason we do Pathfinders is because we want to teach you a biblical worldview that you are meant to go and compete. You are meant to go and engage because the wicked want to take the gold and they want to glorify themselves. There's a powerful story in First. Uh, Kings chapter 10, where the queen of Sheba comes to Solomon to test Solomon with difficult questions. And the Bible says that the, the queen doesn't just make an appointment and then just turn up on the uh, appointment day. The Bible says when the queen of Sheba comes into Jerusalem, she comes in with camels and elephants, 
carrying retinue, carrying gold and silver and pearls and emeralds and gemstones and linens and spices and exotic animals. It comes in, there's there's a caravan behind her because the queen of Sheba represents the spirit of the world. In the spirit of the world, your wealth is your status. Your status is, is, is your wealth. We, we listen to, to, to Bill Gates because, you know, obviously he's got a degree in epidemiology. What? Well, obviously he's got a medical degree. What? Why, 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 why the heck are we listening to this guy blabber on about? He's got no medical experience. Oh, but because he's a billionaire philanthropist. The spirit of the world says that wealth is status. When she comes to Solomon, when she comes to Solomon, she doesn't come and say to to Solomon, he's got no gold. When she comes to Solomon, the temple is overlaid with gold. In fact, the Holy of Holies, the walls are gold. The Ark of the Covenant is overlaid inside and outside, acacia wood, inside and outside with gold. The two cherubim that touch one another, gold. The, the lampstand, gold. The table, gold. Everything is gold. When, when she comes into here, Solomon also has gold. The difference is when she comes into the temple, she sees gold not used for his status, but gold used for the glory of God. The Bible says that she asked him, she tested him with difficult questions. And there was nothing so difficult that he could not answer. One of the saddest things that's happened in the house of God is we step back from speaking about abortion. We step back from speaking about gender dysphoria. We step back from speaking about same-sex marriage. We step, we, we step back from anything controversial thinking, no, 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 no. We, if we don't speak about anything controversial, then we'll reach people. You're what? No, no, no. Pastor, if we, don't, if, if, we, if we don't speak about anything controversial, people will come. Why the heck would they come? We're not scratching where they're itching. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday on dictionary.com, the number one, the number one search for word, Fetus, number two, bad. Number three, abortion. Number four, smite. Number six, marriage. Wow. So people, people are having to go to dictionary.com, wow. trying to find truth, trying to find meaning, because the church backed up from answering hard questions. The Bible says there was nothing so difficult Solomon could not answer. And when she saw, when she saw the seating of his servants, when she saw those who were waiters and cupbearers and their apparel, when she saw the house that he had built and the entryway by which he went up from his house to God's house, there was no more spirit in her. And she gives him an offering. And the offering in today's uh, economy is around about $26 billion because she came thinking that my wealth, the gold of the earth, is my status. That's why King Nebuchadnezzar, when he put a, a, a gold statue up 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, six six, the reason he puts that, it's made of solid gold because the world uses gold to, to, edif- to glorify myself. But th- God put the gold in the earth for us to glorify him, for us to build a house that answers the tough questions. When she saw that there was no house like this, there was no wisdom like this, and that the gold in the earth is for the 
the funding of the gospel, there was no more spirit in her. So in this story, in this story in, in 1 Kings 17, there's a man called Elijah who just, just bursts onto the scene. Prophets rise when chaos, corruption, confusion hit the country. When, when, when chaos, corruption, confusion, and crises hit nations, God raises up prophets. I believe that, that we went from C3 to Awaken. It was prophetic. I bought awaken.com back in 2012. Pastor Paul Church would, will tell you, 2012, to, we, we bought Awaken, but we sat on it for seven years. Seven is a perfect cycle. We sat on it for seven years, 2019. In 2019, God says 2020. 2020 is new life, new vision, new direction, Awaken Church. So we, we're just, just obedient. I had no idea that we were gonna be the prophetic voice. Let me just tell you, my wife daily gets stressed. Poor old Samuel yesterday, Samuel Duth on one of his posts, someone said, I hope you snap your spine, you blankety blank. But let me just tell you, it always just reveals, you know, the, the, the love wins. People are the biggest haters on the planet. You'll never see such vitriol and hatred like the love wins crowd. And uh, I know I'm dropping a lot of bombs. I've got to keep going. So, so Awaken Church, we decided that we, we, we'll pay the price of somebody has got to speak on these things. And everybody warned me, oh, pastor, if you speak on these things, your church, your church is going to go backwards. I know, I know pastors said, yeah, you know, the reason, pastor, we don't, we don't speak about that kind of stuff is because we don't want to lose our influence. <laughs> we don't want to lose our influence. So we, we, we intentionally don't speak about abortion and we intentionally don't speak about homosexuality. We intentionally don't speak about same-sex marriage because we don't want to lose our influence. Why well, ain't nobody listening to you now, are, are they? You just lost your influence because you're meant to speak. Listen, and these aren't my opinions. I love you too much to tell you, well, I believe that. No, 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 I'm going to tell you what the Word says. I'm going to tell you what the Word says because I know if you, like me, build your life on this, you build your life on a sure foundation. Jesus said there are two kinds of people on the planet. Those who hear the Word and disregard it, they are like the people who build their house on the sand. The rain comes down, the floods come up, the wind blows, and bam, their house crashes. But then there are those who hear my Word and apply them. They are like wise people who build their house on the rock. The same rain comes down, the same flood and the same wind, but their house is secure. We want you to build your life on the Word of God. So Elijah, Elijah bursts onto the scene and there's a wicked king called Ahab with a wicked queen called Jezebel. And, and Elijah says, because of your corruption and because of your idolatry and because you tore down the altars of God and you've built up altars to Baal and you're sacrificing children and you've brought in abortion and you're worshiping Moloch and Chemosh and all these wicked gods that demand child sacrifice. He says, I'm telling you right now, there's gonna be a famine in the land. There won't be any moisture. There won't be any dew. There won't be any rain these years accepted my word and then he turns and walks out and then God says to him now I want you to go and I want you to flee to, the, to a place called uh, Cherith there's a brook there and you're going to drink out of the brook and I've commanded ravens to bring you bread and meat in the morning bread and meat in the evening can I just tell you the safest place to be 
is the church that's preaching what God says, even if it's not popular. We, we found that when other churches backed up and we stepped up, my God, the, the, the growth, the increase, we've flourished. But the Bible says it came to pass after a time that the brook began to dry up. He's got ravens, the, the scavenger bird. God is, God is saying that the, the most selfish of all the birds, the raven, yeah, is gonna be better than Uber Eats. They're gonna be a forerunner for Uber Eats. Every morning, they're gonna be bringing you bread and meat in the morning, and in the evening, bread and meat in the, arr, arr, they're gonna be bringing it, dropping it off. He could, where are they? Oh, here they are, thank you. He's got Uber Eats, Raven Eats, in the morning, in the evening. The Bible says because of the famine, the brook began to dry up. Because of the famine. Sometimes because of God's dealings in the world and just because of issues and economic issues and you know, 97 food processing plants coincidentally catching fire this year. Because of that, sometimes a source of provision, you may get a report from HR that, well, you know, there's layoffs coming. But if, if you're rooted and grounded to God and His Word, you may lose a source of provision, but you'll find that God is a provider. God is a provider. God is a provider. So in verse 8 of chapter 17, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I want you to see I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there, just happened to be gathering sticks. So he called out to her to see if she was the one. And he said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. It's a drought. God said, a widow, I want you to see that I've commanded a widow. He gets there and he sees a widow. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, maybe this is it. Hey, could you get me some water? Because if you know where water is in a drought, you must be the one God's talking about. And so she went to go and get some water. Verse 11, as she was going to get it. So she knew where to find water in a time of drought. So then he called to her and said, oh, also, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. I'm feeling peckish. <laughs> it's, it's 10.30, I haven't eaten since breakfast. Have a look at her response. So she said, verse 12, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. In other words, you're not invited to the party. Right there, you'd be thinking, I'm so sorry, darling. I got you confused. God was speaking to me about a widow. Obviously, it's not you. Or you might be thinking, what kind of a cruel God would send the prophet, would send the man of God? Can you just see CNN right now? We're down here in Zarephath when <laughs> chubby Elijah, the overweight rotund prophet, still got his bread and meat on his face from his morning breakfast comes to a widow 
who's got enough flour and oil. She's just lost her husband, Ken. And now she's got enough flour and oil to make one last cake for her and her son and the man of God. Doesn't just ask her to go and get water, but ask for a cake first. You can, you can be there or you can understand kingdom. Today, I want to take you into kingdom. Let's leave earth and go into kingdom. When God said to Elijah, I'm going to send you to Zarephath, see, I've commanded. Commanded means put in the heart of. I've already put in the heart for this woman, despite her pain, despite her grief, despite her loss, despite her circumstances, despite the famine and the drought. I found, I've put it in her heart, she's going to provide for you. We think God was looking after Elijah. God was looking after the widow. Anywhere went, Elijah was going to be okay. Anywhere Elijah went, he was going to be okay. But God saw this grieving woman as she dug the grave to bury her husband, her provision, her provider, her source. He watched as the, as the tears fell with the dirt on the grave as her little boy stood there weeping. How are we gonna live, mama? How are we gonna live? He watched as this woman saw the flower running out, the oil running out, and she looks at her boy and she doesn't have the heart to tell him, she doesn't have the heart to say to him, we got one day left, that's it. We're gonna, I've got enough for one last cake and then we're gonna perish like everybody else. And it was that day that Elijah came. And watch what Elijah does. Watch what Elijah does. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it. Make me a small cake from it. Make me a small cake from it first. Seek ye first. The tithe is the first. We bring forth our first fruits and bring it to me and Afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of, the, of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. See how it multiplied? It was just me and my son. But now all of a sudden, it's she and he and her son and her household. Like she had cousins twice removed coming over. She's like, well, we're related. Oh, yeah, golly gosh, my name is Ranjit. And I am your, I am your cousin twice removed. She's like, who would have known? Come and sit down. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. What, what happened? What happened was Elijah, Elijah represents God's, God's vehicle. Elijah is God's prophetic instrument to deliver His Word in the earth. What is the church? The church is God's instrument to deliver His Word in the earth. Can I just tell you, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not, in other words, 
Hell can do whatever it likes, but when all the dust settles, when all the debris subsides, you know what's still going to be standing? The church of Jesus Christ. Nations will rise and fall. Civilizations will rise and fall. Kingdoms will rise and fall. But the one thing that will never fall is the church. If you're drowning at sea, you want to grab onto something that flows. You want to grab onto something that can't go under. The church can't go under. I've had people, Alex, say, I'm, I'm leaving the church and, and I'm going to stop tithing as though it hurts the church. I'm like, all right, see, see, see who can last the longest. See which one goes down the first. Oh, keep your tithe, you don't have to bring it. But you watch what happens. You, 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 you think the church is dependent? He's building his church. You're a wise man if you seek first the kingdom. You're a wise man if you put God's house. You're a wise man if you attach your house to the house of God, because the house of God ain't going under, baby. The house of God ain't sinking, baby. The house of God is gonna continue to flourish, to increase, to advance. Build your life on the house of God. So a lot of people, a lot of people is like, oh man, you know, like, well, well, hang on. There's a law of reciprocity. In, in the book of Luke 6.38, Jesus says, give and it'll be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Give and it will be given to you. In, in Genesis 8.22, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest, while the earth remains. I haven't checked lately, but last time I looked out the window, the earth is still remaining. So that means if the earth is remaining, there's a principle at play. And it's, it's a law, just like there's a law of gravity, there's a law, it's the law of reciprocity. You don't even have to be a Christian to crudely understand the law of reciprocity. You talk to people and they talk about that's karma, baby, that's karma. You know, what goes around comes around. Their chickens have come home to roost. It's, it, it's, it's the, people, the people in the world, that they, they understand there's a law in place. It's the law of reciprocity. We understand it's the law of sowing and reaping. It's the law of seed time and harvest. You, you'll never meet a farmer, you know, looking out the window crying with tears in his eyes. And what's the matter, Farmer Joe? Uh, there's no harvest. Oh, man. Oh, is it blight? Oh, is it locusts? Was it, was it mildew? What happened? I don't know. I just believe in God for a harvest. Oh, what were you believing for? Oh, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know, like wheat. But what did you sow? Huh? <laughs> well, you said you were believing. So what, what did you sow? Oh, I, I, I didn't sow. I was just believing. I heard, that, I heard that God was good. No, 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 no. Hang on. Whoa, whoa. Galatians 6, 7 says, God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, that he shall also, also reap. There's a print. So let me just say this. Your life today is a product of what you sowed yesterday. I don't like my life. Well, here's the good news. Change the seed. Instead of sowing fear, sowing lack, sowing negativity, sowing, start sowing faith, start sowing generous, start sowing. God's not mocked. God's not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. The reason we do Vision Builders is because we want you to attach your life to kingdom. We want your gold, we want your finances to attach to a kingdom and eternal purpose. So the rich young ruler, 
the rich young ruler, I always hear these, these people pipe off. Jesus said that he wants the rich young ruler to sell everything, give to the poor. He wants us, Jesus wants us to be poor. No, 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 if you read it, he says, sell what you have and give to the poor. He didn't say, I want you to join them. And what's interesting is the people that quote that always have a problem with us teaching on giving. They have a problem with us teaching on giving. And they say, Jesus just wants us to have nothing, so leave me alone, I've got nothing. Can I tell you, poverty is easy. Jamin, when was the last time you went to a seminar on seven keys to poverty? This weekend at the Grand Hyatt downtown, come and hear this famous speaker. He's going to give you seven keys on how to become poor. Man, Barbara, come on, we gotta go. We gotta go to this conference because yeah, we got money coming. I almost got crushed by the roof caving with all those dollar bills up there. You don't have to do anything to be poor. Poverty is easy. So Jesus says to the rich young ruler. One thing you lack, one thing you lack. Because <laughs> Jesus is like, you know the commandments, because he wants to, you know, how do, I inher- how do I inherit eternal life? Me, 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 I, me, me, I. I'm rich, I'm young, I'm a ruler, I've got everything except eternal life. I've got no assurance of the afterlife. How do, I, how do I add this? How do I add this to my plethora of possessions? And Jesus you know the commandments. He says, all these I've kept since I was a child. Jesus is like, really? That makes only two of us. I'm about to give everything on a cross. Well, let's see. Go. One thing you lack. Go. Sell what you have. Give to the poor. Follow me. You'll have treasure in heaven. The Bible says he went away sad. He went away sad, not because Jesus asked him to have nothing, but Jesus asked him, can you give everything? Can you give? He was triggered at giving. He was triggered at giving. Why? Because his wealth was his status. Don't you? Why did Jesus say, sell what you have? Why didn't he just say, give it away? Give it away, give it away, give it away. Why didn't he say? He could have hired that band. They could have come in. Why did he say sell it? Because his Rolex that he got for 50 grand when he put it on eBay, 20, 20, it cost me. He had to realize, you fool. All your status is in stuff where moth and rust and depreciation it all depreciates put your trust in heavenly things put your trust in eternal things you don't use people to get wealth you use wealth to minister to people you got everything around the wrong way see there is a there is a spirit of mammon there's a spirit of mammon jesus in luke 16:13 says you can't have two masters either you'll love the one and serve the other 
or you'll despise the one and be loyal to the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. One of the reasons we do vision builders is because we want you to break the spirit of mammon. Mammon, mammon is, is money personified. It's money when it has a voice. And you, you, you'll know whether you're a servant of mammon or whether you're a master of mammon. Remember, remember Cain who brought the lousy offering? Brought the lousy offering. And God says to Cain, why, 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 why are you upset? Because you didn't accept my offering. It's like, yeah, because you brought leftovers from the ground. I curse the ground. And you really think that your effort is greater than than what I've cursed. Abel realized no matter what I bring, I can't attain righteousness. So he brought a lamb that was innocent and it had to sacrifice so he could have righteousness with God. And then he says to, to Cain, why are you upset? Sin crouches at the door. Its desire is for you, but you should master, you should rule over it. How do you know if money is your Servant, or if it's your master, it's very simple. Who has the final say? If right now you're triggered, mammon is speaking to you saying, oh, I can't believe this. I just want to go down there and punch him right in the face. I wish he would just, you know, I just would, you know. When the offering comes around, you're like, oh, don't give, hang on, give it. One of the greatest ways to break the spirit of mammon is through giving. Now watch this, here's a biblical principle. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. Did you know that? I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 10. God gives seed to the sower. Might be 2 Corinthians 9, 10. God gives seed to the sower. So if you're saying, well, hang on, I I, I don't have any seed. Well, maybe you're not a sower. Because God gives seed. You'll find that as you begin to give, it comes back pressing and shaking together. Because watch this, if money has power over you, it'll be repelled from you all the days of your life. But when you have power over money, money is attracted to you because God can now trust you. God will never bring you into bondage. It's against God's will. God brings you out of bondage. God delivers you from bondage. And God will not bring more to you of something that is dominating, something that is enslaving. But once you dominate it, once you rule over it, once you become the master and the greatest way to break the spirit of mammon is through giving when you give when you give that's why we do vision builders vision builders is about you flourishing it is about you increasing it's about you attaching yourself to a house that come famine come drought come pestilence come all kinds of world economic forum agendas guess what's not going down the house of the living God and if you attach like the widow did to Elijah to the house of the living God she and her whole household flourish that's why we do what we do. So in a moment, I'm gonna hand back to, to Dr. Matt, but I want you to, to grab your vision card, your vision builder's card. And I want you to think this is, this is something that's over and above our tithes and offerings for the next 12 months. And like I said in the video, you can give personally or you can give from your, your, your company, but I want you to, to, to step out in faith with us everything that we have. And, and if you're like, man, this kind of sounds you know, too, too, uh, too, too new and too difficult, just have a look at the fruit. We landed here 2005, three little boys and a bunch of suitcases, that was it. What God has done blows my mind, blows my mind. There's, there's no way I'm smart enough to get 
like 13 different facilities and all these people and salvations. I, I, I'm not that smart, but I am obedient. And I do seek first the kingdom. And we want to bring you and you will hear testimony after testimony, see story after story. The people said, man, everything shifted when I let go of a worldly mindset to do with money. And when I laid hold of a heavenly mindset in God's word to do with money, our life has begun to flourish. We want you to flourish. We want you to increase. We want you to, to have abundance. We want you to do well. And I'm telling you, this is one of the greatest ways to do that. So come on, when, when do we stand to our feet? They're going to drop buckets down here. I want you to, if you're with your spouse, pray with your spouse, say, hey, come on, what, what, what should we step out? But I want everybody to, to step out. I want you to make a decision this year, I'm partnering. This year, we're increasing. Maybe you're like that, that widow of Zarephath and you're, like, you're, you're down to your last meal or you're drowning in debt. What have you got to lose? You've got everything to, to, to gain. Trust God, step out. I feel the anointing here. Feel the power of God. Power of God always falls. This is one of the most difficult preachers, but I like it. I, I, I like it because I feel the resistance. And the reason I like it is because I know I'm shifting something. I'm breaking something. In 17 years of this, I've had people grab me with tears in their eyes saying, please never stop doing vision builders please never stop doing vision builders our life our marriage our family we were told we couldn't have children and a barren womb conceived and produced we were told that we'd have to move to another state in order to buy a house but God did a miracle right here man we thought we were drowning in debt and then supernaturally I get story after story like that God is no respecter of persons, but He is a respecter of principles. We're trying to help you to align yourself with the principle. How many people believe the Bible when it says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Come on, how many people believe that? You know what that means? It means the same principle that looked after the widow of Zarephath is the same power and the same. God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you read the book of Acts and you see the miraculous and the supernatural, God hasn't changed. We've changed. The church has changed. I'm just determined. I don't want to do modern church. I want to do Acts church. I want to do Acts. I want to do Holy Ghost. I want to do power. I want to do supernatural. I want to do signs. I want to, I want to be part of the church where the gates of hell cannot, where we kick in the gates of hell, take ground, take territory, campuses. I want to be part of the church where your life flourishes, where you increase. Amen. Amen. So just close your eyes and bow your head. If your life's not right with Jesus, if you're away from God, if you're far from God, the devil always says, oh, you just preached about money. You triggered so many people. Nobody's going to get saved. Well, I beg to differ. We usually have the most amount of people saved on Vision Builder Sundays because we're touching people's hearts. If you know your life's not right with God, if it's not congruent with God and His Word, you'll always find your life's out of order. Turn it around today. Surrender your life to Jesus. If you once walked with God, but you're away, come back to Jesus. While every head is bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, would you give me a wave of your hand and I'll see your hand and I'll pray for you. Who are those ones? Just lift it up high. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Who else is there? Who else is there? Thank you through there. Thank you. Thank you. Who else is there? Just lift it up high. I'd love to pray for you. Is there somebody else? Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, darling. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Thank you through there. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you up there. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today. You so love me. You sent Jesus, your only Son, 
into the world to save me. I thank you that you gave so that you might receive back billions of sons and daughters. Today I'm one of them, born again, a child of the living God. All my sin forgiven, all my shame washed away. I am a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Those of you that raise your hands, we want to give you a, there's a handsome young man down here. We want to give you a Bible, a following Jesus book. And uh, there's a handsome man there, John Fian. He's a best looking 53 year old in our church right there. We're going to give you a Bible. If you, if you raise your hand, make sure you get one of those. But church, the band's going to sing a song. I want you to come down because there's a breakthrough anointing in this house. When, when, when you fill out your card and you put it in here, it's, it's, you're making a commitment to God. The Bible says that if you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. As you move towards Him, He'll move towards you. There's something powerful. So husbands and wives pray together. Fill that card out. Come on down. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.